Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Uh, John should be with us here momentarily. Uh, there he is. Speaking of momentarily, he, he popped up. John, how are you? Hello. How are you? It's great. Uh, I, I'm doing well. Uh, my brain is still functioning. <laughs> uh, it would take uh, a, a, a neuroscientist to estimate at what percent of my capacity I'm functioning, uh, but uh, I am functioning. Uh, it's great to see you, bright and great. fresh. So how are things in New Jersey today? Good, good. It's um, exciting couple of days for Caring Crowd with lots of action, more than two dozen live campaigns on the site and lots of action behind the scenes and on the scenes. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, tell everybody about Caring Crowd. Give them an overview of Caring Crowd because it's really an amazing story. Yes, well, um, Johnson Johnson has this credo, which uh, um, helped us support the uh, get support for this uh, idea that the new global public health group should sponsor this crowdfunding platform. Um, so it was created from within Johnson and Johnson, and um, it is a free site, therefore, so no fees to use the platform. The payment processor, of course, will take, I think it's 2.9% now, only on successfully processed payments. Not only that, um, at times, we're, we actually pay you to use the site. So we, we provide some matching funds uh, from the courtesy of the Global Public Health Group at Johnson & Johnson. That's not to be confused with employee matching. This is additional and separate and applies to anyone who pledges on a Caring Crowd project when the funds are available and it's automatic. There's no additional click that anyone has to make to apply those matching funds, which count towards the goal um, on the uh, project page. It really is an amazing feature of, of Caring Crowd that there is this um, global organization behind it, corporation that has the wherewithal to, to put some money behind its uh, uh, you know, it's mission. Uh, so I think the tally of funds available now is on the order of $690,000 that's been committed. Most of that has been actually donated, right, John? That's correct. So approximately six hundred forty to 50000 has actually gone out the door in matching funds alone. There's almost $40,000 available at the moment. And... Um, in addition to that, there have been more than $1.1 million in individuals' pledges on the site. So if you net it out, it's um, well over $1.5 million has passed through the site for more than 200 successfully funded campaigns for projects in 34 countries, all related to health or having um, a potential health outcome. All of those projects have been reviewed by an independent panel of public health professors who pro bono and independently review the projects. Also, um, the nonprofits are verified. So 
um, a key aspect of Caring Crowd is that funds raised go to the nonprofit first before they're sent out to do the good work in the particular project. Yeah, it's uh, it really is inspiring to see what you're doing there, and the range of uh, projects is also surprising. Uh, you know, with a global public health uh, objective, it's interesting the range of things that fit into that, uh, from gun safety education to uh, you know, providing maternal and child health care in Malawi. It's all kinds of different projects, uh, you know, diapers. Uh, and we'll hear from uh, Stephanie Bowers here in about 20 minutes uh, that she's raised on your site something on the order of a quarter of a million dollars for, uh, for diapers. Uh, but really yeah. kind of inspiring things, aren't they? She's a top user of Caring Crowd she, um, in terms of funds. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So each project, you know, you may think diapers, um, that seems silly, but um, the recipients of these cloth diaper kits, which last can last for a couple of years, um, often have to make the choice between diaper and food. And there's a sanitation aspect. There's a, a dignity aspect as well. Um, other projects are clearly in the public health um, traditional spaces, whether it's um, training emergency care physicians, the first ones in a particular country, or um, child health, clean water, things like that. Um, but uh, if a particular project can demonstrate that there is a significant enough health impact, projects that you might not think at first, class, first glance might qualify for example, the Wiser School for Girls in rural Kenya. It's a boarding school, and the funds raised go to tuition, room and board, uniforms. Um, but there's a long list of health impacts, health risks reduced and eliminated if an at-risk girl, so all the girls who go there were at risk, um, if they can attend the boarding school. So they are removed from... Um, almost certain uh, poverty. Um, every, every girl that attends the boarding school would not have otherwise been able to attend secondary school and go on to technical school or college. And on the site, they have clean running water. Um, they, they're away from gender-based violence risks that uh, they would have been exposed to. So that clearly qualified. Yeah. Perfect example of how uh, the, the first order impact may not be health, but immediately we see the second order benefits are health related and they make a great fit for a caring crowd. I'm just going to pull up um, a little profile we did. This is just basic, basic facts, but um, you can help us confirm that this is right. Uh, I think you're seeing this now, aren't you, John? Um, yes. Uh, so, of course, the website is caringcrowd.org. Uh, that's where people can go to give today on, on Giving Tuesday. And what a great assortment of projects there are. A couple dozen projects that are active right now, I think. Right, John? Yeah. So um, last time I looked, um, late last night or this morning, there were 26 active campaigns for projects around the world from from the U.S., across the U.S., to Latin America, to Africa, to India. 
And um, so you can go there and browse them and, uh, and support one that speaks to you or share that project or the entire site. We'd be grateful. And the beneficiaries would be grateful. Um, you know, we also had gift cards recently launched. So you can go click on gifts and kill two birds with one stone. So yeah, you brilliant. can get a gift card by email, all online, all from where you're sitting, so you don't have to go to the store. You can email that card to a recipient. You can give them the choice of picking a campaign, or you can pick it for them. And so you can fulfill your Giving Tuesday uh, desires as well as your holiday shopping. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I, I do want to very explicitly take a moment to thank you, John, for the support that you have provided, not only today, but throughout the year. Um, a caring crowd, Johnson & Johnson, has been uh, a supporter of our work, and it, it makes a tremendous difference in our ability to deliver uh, right. what we try to deliver to the community, including this crazy 24-hour streamathon, but uh, our regular coverage of uh, crowdfunding for social good. Uh, you make that possible, and we're uh, tremendously grateful for your commitment to uh, this global effort to help improve global health, and uh, we're grateful that that includes uh, support for our work. So thank you. Well, we're honored to be in a position to provide a little support for the, the great impact and, and sharing of information and that you do. Um, so the Global Public Health Department and Johnson Johnson is very happy about it. Well, thank you. You're you're, you're very kind, and we're we're really grateful. And it's been an honor to to do some training for you, and and we're looking forward to doing uh, yes. on your behalf for nonprofits next year. I think that's going to be a a fun effort to, to, to yeah so thanks in part to your trainings that you've given to people who um, are interested in using caring crowd and uh, the fact that we we invite almost insist that we talk to everyone who uses it and send them some guidance materials including some of yours um, we've um, seen since since the site launched, an almost 80% campaign success rate, which is very unusual for crowdfunding platforms. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so exciting. Well, and uh, one of the people who is raising money on Caring Crowd right now is uh, Philemon uh, Padano. And I probably botched that. Uh, but Philemon, <laughs> you're on the show now, right? How should I say your name? Let's get that out of the way before I embarrass myself anymore. Philemon Padano is right. Okay. <laughs> We're thrilled to have you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And you already know John, right? Yeah, yes, I know John very well. Uh, John has been very helpful uh, in enabling and empowering uh, my uh, charity in doing an amazing work uh, in, in Right now, we have uh, we have been uh, on four thousand children in West Africa right now. A project on which goal is to uh, to mentality in in, in Benin Republic, where uh, currently right now mental ill uh, people actually sleep 
on the street. Uh, so I worked with John into setting this project up uh, to provide bedding to this facility. Wow, it's such important work. Uh, I'm so glad you're doing it. Let me just uh, pull up, I've got a little uh, simple overview to help our audience understand better what you're doing. Um, so you're raising money on Caring Crowd and uh, uh, you can see the campaign that you were just wrapping up. Uh, I don't know if you adjusted the goal, but uh, if people visit bit.ly slash cc dash beds, they will find uh, one of your campaigns on, on Caring Crowd. I think you've got one that's active now. You had completed this one yesterday morning. Yeah, yes, we did. <laughs> it um, was, it was uh, I think, on... Thursday or Wednesday last week, it was a, about a third done and, and we thought it'd still be open this morning, but yeah. you you finished it over the weekend, which is great. Congratulations. Yeah, I think it was mainly because of Caring Crowd, you know, our donor were very, uh, um, they were very happy and they were very uh, uh, excited, right, to, to help us get this done through Caring Crowd. So without Caring Crowd, um, there is this, we wouldn't be able to, to do any of the work that we are doing in Africa right now. Were you able to take advantage of some of the Johnson & Johnson match on this campaign? No, no, we, were, we, we only went through the caring crowd because most of our donors are actually not Johnson & Johnson employees. Uh, they're actually outside donors. So it, it's uh, strictly through caring crowd. Yeah. Uh, so, John, were there some uh, caring crowd you know, Johnson & Johnson match involved in that campaign or not? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's the J&J employee matching, which Philemon was um, describing. And um, so what's great about the, another great thing about this special caring crowd matching fund from the Global Public Health Group is that people who are not employees, when they pledge on caring crowd, when the matching is available, they are also matched. They're also able to get matching. Yeah. By the way, I'm looking, you know, on Caring Crowd, there are organization pages. So I'm looking at the Code to Hope webpage on Caring Crowd, and they have successfully funded four campaigns and obtained more than $78,000. And uh, I can look up what percentage of that was matching. Oh, yeah. That'd be great information for us if it's easy for you to pull that up, John, while. Uh... I, uh, I'll ask Philemon a few more questions, but Philemon, um, your accent suggests you might not have been born in New Jersey. You're uh, right. Are you from Benin? Yes, yes. I'm uh, originally from Benin Republic, and uh, I moved to the United States in 2007. Uh, I started working for Johnson & Johnson in 2013. And since then, I, I, you know, I labeled myself the luckiest man alive uh, because it's such a privilege to work for such a caring company uh, like Johnson & Johnson and meet amazing people like John uh, who set up you know, an amazing platform like Caring Crowd to enable me to do such a great work in Africa and, and empower the next generation of African leaders in, in the whole West African region. So, yeah. yeah. It is such important work that you're doing, and it is magic. It's just wonderful to work for a company like J&J yeah. that will support you in that effort. Absolutely. I wonder if you'd take us to Benin in, in, for a moment and tell us about the 
circumstances you saw there that you're trying to address? Uh, you mentioned them a little bit, the need for the beds, and mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more. So Benin right now, the community where I came from mainly is, is community is called Gangye, uh, where most people, you know, it, it's people sit, it sit on water. You know, people go, they go to school on water. They uh, they take a bath on the same water. They sometimes drink that same water. Uh, so some of the things that when I came to United States and, and I started working for J&J, &J and I wanted to give back and I started thinking, you know, what, what are the ways for me to, enable these people and to move away from the cycle of poverty, right? How can we empower them to take care of themselves, right? And that's when we start thinking about education. Right? We need to educate these people uh, so they can tomorrow educate the next generation. And at the same time, we are doing this, you know, can we at the same time provide them uh, the, the necessities that they need to, to live a healthy, uh, stronger life? Uh, so that's some part of the Benin, some other part of the Benin uh, are some of the projects that we have on Caring Crowd where uh, you see, you know, mentally ill people actually, you know, if you are mentally ill, sometimes you are kicked out of the house, you know, because they think, you know, it's like voodoo stuff, you know, people still believe in voodoo in Benin. Uh, so you have this type of uh, cultural war still going on in Benin. So that's some of, uh, that's what Benin looks like today in, in a very short run. Yeah. Well, it is just uh, uh, inspiring what you're doing, and I commend you for doing it. Um, uh, it really appreciate you being there. John, were you able to look that data up to see what the match was? Uh, no, uh, it's probably about. Um, I, I, think it's roughly, I think it's about 51 to the Of the total. Yeah. So a significant amount. Yeah. That's great. What percent was it, John? Um, between a third and 40% of that total of 78,000. And there's a new campaign. You can see it. Um, you can find it. You can Google Code to Hope Caring Crowd and find that campaign. There's a new campaign just launched this morning. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, it, it is um, wonderful to be able to uh, share a little bit of, the, of your story, Philemon. And, and John, we thank you for being here with us as well. We appreciate your sponsorship. We uh, uh, commend you for the great work you're doing there at Johnson & Johnson and Caring Crowd and uh, really uh, wish you all the best. I, I want to encourage everyone who's watching to like, comment, and share uh, wherever you're watching this, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or, or Twitter and Periscope, please share this so that uh, more people will see it. Uh, it it's just, uh, you know, your friends are going to think you're a great human being for sharing this. They're going to be so glad you shared this. Uh, no one will begrudge you sharing this. So please, please share, make someone else's day better. Be proud of what you're doing online today. Um, not that there's anything wrong with cat videos, but sharing, uh, something as inspiring as this, uh, can really change someone's life. Uh, so yeah. we encourage you to do that. Um, but, uh, uh, Philemon, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're, yes, we're going to welcome, uh, Stephanie with, uh, Jake's diapers to the show. Uh, Stephanie, how are you? Fabulous. How are you? Great. Uh, you know, we were talking about you a little bit already. We were so excited about you coming on. 
Uh, it looks like there's some diapers in the background there. Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, so I'm Stephanie with Jake's Diapers, and we provide diapers to babies in poverty around the world. And so I'm actually here in our packing room where we have cloth diapers that we're going to send to different community partners locally, nationally, and globally. Wow, uh, that's amazing work that you do. Uh, you know, we still have John Brennick on. Uh, he's uh, from Caring Crowd. You've raised a bunch of money on Caring Crowd, haven't you? Yes, Caring Crowd has been a true blessing for us. It's an amazing platform, proudly sponsored by Johnson & Johnson, and it has really helped us amplify our impact. And so today on Giving Tuesday, we have a Caring Crowd fundraiser going, and we're hoping to fully fund our project with Akisa Ministries. They are a special needs um, children's ministry in Uganda. So what we've learned is that most kids with special needs in Uganda are abandoned and we are trying to keep those kids in families. And if we can provide families with the basic need of diapers for all ages, then we can help keep those kids in families. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, you have sometimes uh, global giving for some of your crowdfunding. Yep. So that gives you an interesting opportunity to compare and contrast. So for the sake of our audience, what are the relative advantages and disadvantages of, uh, or the maybe to think of it better, the use cases for Caring Crowd and Global Giving? Yeah, so we do work with Global Giving and Caring Crowd both really well. They're both amazing platforms. They are a little bit different. Caring Crowd is focused specifically on global public health, whereas Global Giving encompasses more education, health, sanitation, like all sorts of things. And then Caring Crowd is an all or nothing platform, kind of like a Kickstarter-y sort of campaign where it's when you are fully funded, then you receive your funds on global giving, any donations that are made, the nonprofit receives them whether a project is fully funded or not. Interesting. Now, John, you had definitely a number of times. I think you may even have told me that she is the number one fundraiser on Caring Crowd. Is that right? Yes. In 2017, she was number one on both Global Giving and Caring Crowd. So she's quite the go-getter on these platforms. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, it is. And she continues to be on Caring Crowd. She continues to be trending that way as again in 20, uh, 2018. Is that right? We'll see. Oh, Hopefully. Yes, yeah, um, yep, she's up there. Um, uh, there's a little closer competition this year, so let's watch <laughs> that race. <laughs> well, that's a good problem for you to have, John. Uh, but Stephanie, I congratulate you for the success you've had. Uh, I, I wonder if you would just take a minute, Stephanie, to brag about your the, the accomplishment you're most proud of with Jake's diapers. Um. That's a good question. So I'm actually the co-founder and I, I tell people that my life is living proof that God has a sense of humor because I am an introvert by nature and I know an awful lot about cows. So I have a master's degree in ruminant nutrition. So what happened in my life is seven years ago I went to Peru and visited an orphanage that was reusing disposable diapers because they were living in dire poverty and what do you do when you have to choose between food and diapers? 
So that experience changed the trajectory of my life. And fast forward today, and we've diapered over 10,000 kids, 16 countries, including here in our own Wisconsin backyard. Um, I talk about diapers and period products, all the things that nobody really wants to talk about, but there's such a basic need for the people that need them. And so the kids that we serve are kids that typically don't have a voice. We're serving vulnerable populations, and if I'm not their voice, who is speaking up for them? Who is helping them? When we think about basic needs, we think food, clothing, shelter, and water, but diapers and period products are a huge overlooked need. We're keeping girls in school. We're, get, we're keeping kids in families. We're doing all of these things just by meeting basic needs. So partnering with Johnson & Johnson and Global Giving has really been a true blessing to help us amplify our impact. Well, and you do, you're just, uh, you know, what you've accomplished is so impressive. Um, uh, you did some work in Haiti last year or this yeah. year. Tell us a little bit about your work in Haiti. Yeah, so last year we launched a $50,000 campaign on Caring Crowd to help provide diaper kits, pretty much these. Um, so this is a, a hand wash kit. It weighs about four pounds, and it's got cloth diapers in it that a mom can easily hand wash. So what makes the difference for these moms is everything in this bag can diaper a baby from birth to potty training. So we're trying to get moms to come back to the clinic after they give birth at home because 80% of babies are born at home, and most moms in Haiti die of easily preventable causes, usually infection. So if we can get mom and baby to come to the clinic for a well baby visit and then give them all the diapers they need, we can catch infection sooner, which means we're keeping moms alive, which means we're keeping babies alive, which means we're keeping families together, which means we're preventing orphans. They're just diapers, but the impact runs so much more than a diaper. Yeah, it really it's amazing how you're able to make those connections and the impact you're having. John, how did you first react to the idea of diapers as a public health issue? Yeah, so that was a question uh, right away. And so I remember the first campaign we were talking about how just to make sure to get the, the clear um, health aspects of this across. And it's, it's another example of... Um, how something at the first glance doesn't appear to have a great health impact, but it does have a huge health impact and a psychological impact. And it's yeah. incredible, really. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, how did you first find Caring Crowd? John called me. That was a phone call that was amazing and life-changing as well. That's great. Brilliant, John. Brilliant. Brilliantly yeah, I, I'm so thankful. It's been amazing. I, I I haven't quite figured out how exactly he found us, but I it was amazing. So thank you. John, how did you find her? Do you remember? It's been a long time. Well, um, especially, uh, you know, earlier in Karen Kraut's history, um, did more searching for uh, worthy nonprofits and just wanted to spread the word that way. And uh, so uh, we do less of that now. Um, we hope that people will uh, email help at caringcrowd.org or just start a draft um, and then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, this is uh, fantastic. It, it really is just inspiring work that you're doing. Stephanie, I wonder if you want to leave us with one. Oh, I, I don't think I ever pulled up your deets here. Let's uh, let me do that. <laughs> just want to, you know, this is really a gro gross simplification of, of uh, what you're doing, but let me at least put this on the screen so people see uh, you, written down what jakesdiapers.org looks like. Uh, your Twitter handle and Instagram are both Jake's Diapers, uh, so you're easy to track down on social media. Um, you know, I think this is pretty basic. Do you see any errors that you want to correct, Stephanie? Nope. We try to keep it simple. <laughs> well, that's great, and you do, uh, which is really smart. Uh, there's a lot to be said for simple. So well, I, I want to thank both of you for being on the show again. John, thank you for your sponsorship. Stephanie, congratulations on the great work that you're doing, and thank you for being with us. We want to encourage everyone to go to Caring Crowd and uh, find Stephanie's project there and donate. Uh, I suspect there's a link to donate uh, from your website too, isn't there, Stephanie? Yep. yep. Okay. So. Anyway, thank you both for joining us today. We're grateful that you would come on the show. And we, again, congratulate you, uh, Stephanie, for your great work and wish you every success in your efforts to raise money today and in the future. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. And thank you, John. I really appreciate you. Well, Ethel, welcome to the show. We're thrilled to have you. Hi, thank you. Uh, thank you. I hope you'll turn your camera on. <laughs> so I apologize, I'm actually a little bit sick today. Um, oh no, uh, I'm sorry. Although I can empathize a little bit having not slept in a long time. Uh, <laughs> I started this broadcast, are you on the West Coast? Yeah. Yeah, so I started at midnight uh with this streamathon so uh, i can kind of relate a little bit uh, i'm feeling pretty for all your hard work yeah so i'm sorry you're not feeling well but tell us about operation asha sure so operation asha um was started i, I would say probably a little over 10 years ago um to primarily combat uh tuberculosis or tb um, so for those who aren't familiar, um, TB is an infectious disease. Um, it's caused by a bacteria. And actually, we have all of the tools to treat it, which are antibiotics, um, through a typical kind of six-month treatment regimen. Um, Operation Asha works in India and Cambodia, but we partner with organizations in other countries as well. Um, but basically, we use... Um, both software and hardware. So software that we've developed in-house and then um, kind of Android tablets, biometric fingerprint readers, et cetera. We train and employ community health workers in the communities where we serve um, with those technology tools and empower them to bring TB care, treatment, diagnosis, diagnosis um, to all of these communities um, to address TB as well as a few other diseases that we've worked on um, that also perpetuate poverty. Well, I really uh, am fascinated by this work. Uh, tuberculosis, you know, we often talk about, uh, I, I love to talk about polio mm -hmm. that uh, infects, infected 22 people last year. 
a lot of us talk about malaria, which killed about 400,000 people last year. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about AIDS, which killed about a million people last year. And I realize there's some overlap, but there were like one and a quarter million people who died from TB last year. I mean, it's really a massive problem. Yeah, so TB is actually the world's most lethal infectious disease killer at this point. Um, I think the estimate is about 1.4 million people died of TB last year and over 10 million were infected with TB, um, which is I think the, the most deeply frustrating part of it though is that we have the tools such that it's 100%, essentially 100% preventable, curable in the drug sensitive form. Um, and so it's truly a disease that we shouldn't have anymore um, but no. because we haven't been able to kind of get everything together, bring the political will, the funding, um, implement with partners like Operation ASHA who are achieving some of the highest treatment success rates in the field. Um, I think it's really truly an issue of scale and just getting it done at this point. Now, uh, with Operation ASHA, you have an extremely low cost to cure, right? Yeah, so um, the, the overarching number we provide is that it's about $80 to um, treat a patient. And this includes all of the type of like overhead costs that you would consider that include like training community health workers, kind of recruiting them, paying, we pay them a, a salary that is performance-based. And so um, this is different from government community health workers, which are volunteer and typically pretty overburdened. Um, and then it also includes all of our technology costs, our like staff. Um, we run an extremely lean team. We're about, uh, one analysis says that we're about 32 times more cost-effective than the next comparable NGO. So um, we're really trying to do this at the type of scale that needs to happen. Oh, it's remarkable uh, how well you're doing. This is just so, what, what impact? Uh, I'm going to have to spend more time with you. Maybe, maybe someday when both of us aren't feeling so like, what just happened to me? Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is really impressive because it is, as you point out, you know, like the world's biggest infectious disease problem and it gets so little attention. Do you have an answer for why it gets so little attention and yet it's so horrible? Um, I think the biggest issue, and this is a driving factor behind, I think other neglected infectious diseases as well, like HIV and malaria, is that it predominantly affects people who are either poor or marginalized in some way. Um, because those people are the same people who are likely to have more um, uh, like compromisation of their immune systems. Um, similarly, um, I think, at least in the US, immigrants from high burden countries usually are the ones that test positive for TB or people in prisons. Um, actually, my own father, when he immigrated to the US from China, which is another high burden country, um, he had to take a prophylactic treatment for TB for the entire year. Um, so I think it's a lot of times it's um, it's really that the people that don't have necessarily a voice at the table um, are the ones that are most impacted by uh, TB and similar infectious diseases. Wow. Uh, you know, I want to talk to you for hours and hours about this, but let me just, uh, I know you're not feeling well and we don't have hours and hours. I wish we yeah. did. But uh, let me just, oops, let me, I want to show you just a little bit of profile data we pulled together 
from the information you gave us just to show everybody so people can jot this down. They can, uh, especially the, the donation URL we've got up there, but, but your website is op Asha. Yep. O P A S H A dot org. Right. Yes. And, um, and for giving Tuesday, we actually have um, a new campaign that we just opened up um, with, uh caring crowd which we've partnered with recently who also introduced us um and i can share that link with you as well if it's if there's okay. someone i think this bitly link is that link okay um, um it may have been we actually just completed a campaign so we had to oh start so this might be the old caring yeah. crowd campaign but you can probably navigate from one to the other maybe not very easily but just go to caring crowd Mm -hmm. And there are only a couple dozen projects. So if people go to caringcrowd.org, they can find your uh, Operation Asha project there. Um, uh, so you must have had some success uh, fundraising on Caring Crowd. Is that the case? Yeah. So um, we have been really happy with how easy it was to get on the platform. Um, I think one of the major perks as well is that Caring Crowd is still, um, they have an ongoing matching fund and they're matching up to $250 per donor per project. Um, so in our last campaign, probably about half of our campaign total was actually from matching funds from Caring Crowd and J&J. &J. So we're incredibly grateful for that. And then also for all of our donors that came through as well. Yeah, it really accelerates your fundraising when uh, J and J steps up to give you matching money, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think it's also helpful to have the transparency of this understanding because the match pledges come in with the pledges themselves um, as opposed to finding out later whether or not it's been matched. Yeah, that's great. Well, listen, uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us, Ethel. Before you go, give us 30 seconds on why people ought to donate to uh, Operation Asha today. Yeah. Um, Operation Asha is bringing healthcare and healthcare delivery to the kind of the last mile and the truly underserved. Um, and we have a unique opportunity to bring these things together, including technology, innovation, and just really high quality implementation to end um, a disease that really shouldn't exist anymore, which is TB. Fantastic. That's a great pitch. We hope you're very successful in your fundraising efforts today. And ultimately, we hope you're completely 100% successful in getting rid of tuberculosis. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that's the dream. All righty. Well, uh, thank you very much for being with us, Ethel. We really appreciate it. And we hope you'll get well soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. I'm hoping we can get her. Oh, Joanna, how are you? Joanne. Hi, I'm doing well. Good. I'm so glad to see you again. Uh, you have such a, uh, an inspiring story. I hope uh, it's great to reconnect. Um, so how well, are thanks. you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for inviting me to your event. And uh, I hope lots of, lots of people are inspired by all the great, great nonprofits you have on today. Oh, well, I certainly have been inspired. If no one else was, it was worth it just uh, just for my own sake, because of the tremendous, inspiring, wonderful people we've been talking to all day. Just, uh, you know, people who are changing the world. It's just just great stuff. 
So Joanne, tell us about uh, your incredible work with African Mothers Health Initiative. So uh, my organization is based in the US, but our work is really in Malawi, Africa. I'm a nurse midwife myself, and I was living in Malawi from 2005 into 2008, practicing in the public maternity ward. And while I was there, one of the issues that I learned about was that um, after a woman dies in childbirth, which happens um, too frequently, if she has a surviving newborn, that newborn often will go back with the family to the village and quickly deteriorate and die, even if it was born completely healthy. So that's where I started. Um, I had I was keeping a blog at the time when I was there and people were sending money spontaneously just in response to the story. So I, I had some formula and I started identifying babies and um, driving out to the villages and doing my best to follow them and continue to get them what they need and work with their families um, to make sure they had necessary support. And then in 2008, I formalized the work that I was doing and handed it over to a much more capable team in Malawi of Malawian nurses and midwives. And um, at this point, we have two projects. So we enroll babies. We have babies who are orphaned at birth. Um, we have multiples in Malawi. There's a lot of twins, triplets, and even quadruplets there. And most of the moms of those babies will say that at least one of their children will die before reaching the age of one. So we enroll all the twins and triplets um, in the area that we're working in. And then low birth weight babies, so babies that are going home to the village um, weighing less than five pounds. So for those babies, we send nurses out into the villages about once a month. Um, during their first year, if they are sick or there's any issue, their nurses may come back a little bit more frequently. And then about every two months um, until they reach the age of two. So the nurses do health assessments. Um, for the orphans, we provide formula. We make sure that the family members are preparing that formula hygienically. We um, have our nurses serve as advocates also. So if the baby becomes sick, um, you know, making sure that they are the ones that are connecting the babies to the necessary health services. So that is our, our baby care project. And then we also have a mother care project. Um, so as I mentioned, there's, you know, too many maternal deaths in Malawi, but for every woman who dies in childbirth, there are many more who survive catastrophic birth experiences. Um, and this in, means, you know, a woman who has started laboring in her village, um, far from the hospital, her labor is not going well, she really is in need of a C-section, but takes her hours and hours and hours to get to the hospital where she needs to be in order to access that care. By the time she's there, she's lost her baby, her uterus has ruptured, um, she has a hysterectomy. Other women who have severe infections um, after, after delivery, um, women who have seizures during their into their pregnancy, postpartum period. So all of these women who are very sick, and once they're discharged from the hospital, they go back into their villages. And in the village, life is difficult. You have to go and draw your water. You have to gather your firewood. You have to plant your fields. 
Um, and if you don't do that, then your family doesn't eat, you don't eat. So we have nurses that go out into the villages to see these women as well. So the moms will receive up to six visits in their villages. And at the end of the, of the time with our program, they'll receive a very small, and I mean small, like $10, $12 worth of money to start a small income generating project. So that is what we're doing, moms and babies in Malawi. It's amazing work. And it's interesting to me how the program has grown out of kind of this kernel of wisdom around maybe we should give uh, the babies of deceased mothers some uh, formula. And around this has blossomed a whole program that supports at-risk babies and their mothers and families. Uh, it, it's really quite uh, sophisticated and it reflects your education, your thoughtful strategic nature. It's an interesting reflection of you and your personality. Uh, do you see that? Do you see what I'm talking about? Well, that's kind of you to say. I mean, I feel, you know, I, I love being a midwife. That's my passion. And I really enjoy um, working directly with women. And it was an incredible opportunity to be in Malawi and to work there and to serve women. Um, and just, I think, you know, when you're in a new environment for some time, um, once all the judgment and everything kind of quiets down, you kind of, you notice what people are struggling with, what's hard and where you can step in and help. So um, I feel grateful that I was able to help. And really, I mean, it, it was the spontaneous donations of so many people who were just kind-hearted back here, you know, interested in reading my stories and saying, here's, you know, here's 20 bucks, here's a hundred bucks, do something good with it. And um, it has led to a lot of good. At this point, we've cared for over a thousand babies. So we've been around now for 10 years. And, um, you know, we're not a huge program. We're really focused on one district and each child that we visit represents hours and hours of driving hundreds of miles um, on the road um, because we're you know going out into very rural areas so over a thousand babies and almost 500 women at this point so i feel i feel really proud of the work that's being done and i'm really grateful for our nurses that are you know there in malawi doing it and they really do a wonderful job connecting with the families and the communities where we where we're working well it, it is so uh, inspiring what you're doing. Uh, I'm so grateful. Uh, I, let me just confirm a couple of details with you. I'm going to pop up a little uh, uh, slide that uh, my staff helped me prepare based on the information you provided us uh, about African Mothers Health Initiative. Uh, your website is africanmothers.org. Your Twitter handle is Malawian Mothers. Your Instagram is AMHI Malawi. Uh, and uh, your fundraising day, are you on uh, Global Giving or Caring Crowd today? We're on Caring Crowd, and we, as well as many others, have launched a new campaign today. So if you go to Caring Crowd and you look for um, African Mothers Health Initiative, you'll find us there. And yes. uh, what we're, we're trying to meet a goal of $6,000, $6, which would fund all of our activities for a month. Um, wow, that's brilliant. This bit.ly link that I'm displaying next to the words Giving Tuesday, that's probably to your old uh, 
caring crowd campaign, but you can probably find a clumsy way there from there, but it may be faster just to search uh, caringcrowd.org space uh, African Mothers Health Initiative, right? Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Google, thanks very much right for that thing. clarification. Yeah, they'll take you right there, I think. So uh, I encourage everybody to do that. It's really, um, I mean, obviously, uh, your work reflects the sophistication of your graduate training, and it's really impressive. Uh, and I, I think about this th th this way, Joanne. You are really still in the early days of building something that uh, will be truly remarkable. I, let me just tell you an anecdote to make a point. Um, nearly 25 years ago, a woman by the name of Ann Cotton uh, went to Zimbabwe, raised the money to send, I think it was 27 girls to, I think, high school. And, you know, she did a couple of bake sales to, to make this money, to pull, pulled it together. Um, it worked. The girls went. Their lives were changed. You know, rinse and repeat. 25 years later, uh, the organization she started has paid for 250,000 girls. Wow. Wow. Girls. That's amazing. That, that's what I see you doing, Joanne. So. Well, that's very kind, Kevin. If I can live up to a fraction of that and contribute in one small way, I'd, I'd feel good about that. So. Well, I look forward to seeing you in 20 years, and we'll, we'll have you report. Uh, maybe we'll do right. a report every year, and we can watch your progress. But, uh, All right. Sounds I, I expect good. great things in Malawi. Thanks, Kevin. Well, thank you for being with us tonight. Listen, we wish you every success in your uh, crowdfunding efforts today and certainly in your efforts to uh, save lives in Malawi. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good night. All righty. You too. Thanks. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us, because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devonthorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.